good morning. Welcome to Equal Hub's first podcast, Disrupting Privilege, Conversations on Race and Health. Equal Hope is a healthcare education advocacy and navigation organization whose mission is to eliminate healthcare disparities across Chicago. My name is John McWayne and I'm the Senior Director of External Affairs for Equal Hope. Joining me as my co-host is Dr. Patricia Robinson. Dr. Robinson works at Loyola Medical Center and serves on the board of directors for Equal Hope. Equal Hope started its life in 2008 as the Metropolitan Chicago Breast Cancer Task Force. We were born after data emerged that demonstrated that African-American women in Chicago who were diagnosed with breast cancer were 62% more likely to die from the diagnosis than comparable white women. After this data emerged, a group of community activists, religious leaders, healthcare workers, as well as South and West Side residents came together and launched the Metropolitan Chicago Breast Cancer Task Force, now known as Equal Hope. Our mission at Equal Hope is to confront systemic racism within the healthcare system to achieve better health, com- health outcomes for those living in Chicago's under-resourced communities. Thank you for listening to our maiden voyage of disrupting privilege. To learn more about Equal Hope, please visit us at equalhope.org. Well, I wanna introduce um, our guest today. We're very excited to have Aisha Jacko join us today. Uh, Aisha is the executive director of Westside United. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Westside United is a, I'll, I'll give Aisha a second to talk a little bit more about it, but is a collaborative effort of healthcare providers and community residents and not-for-profit organizations all focused on the South and West side, attempting to address the social t- determinants of health. Um, I'm excited about having Aisha join us for this first episode of, uh, of Disrupting Privilege uh, as, as because Equal Hope was the predecessor organization for Westside United. When Equal Hope was launched, uh, the, the partners that came together decided they were going to try to address a very specific health disparity and see if a cross-industry collaborative could be effective in addressing uh, this, this, these disparities. And when we succeeded, we've been in existence for 12 years, uh, there was confidence within the community that they could address a broader, the broader issues facing the social determinants of health and the outcomes that were being seen on the south and west side in uh, West Side United was born. So Aisha, welcome to disrupting privilege. Thank you so much for having me, John, and Equal Hope family. We, we are excited. Tell us just in your own words, uh, a little bit about who Westside United is and, and what your role is. Sure, so Westside United is a collaborative uh, founded by six hospitals, including Lurie Children's Hospital, Cook County Health, Sinai, UI Health, Amita, and Rush. And they came together wanting to leverage their power as a collective entity, because if combined, they'd be the number one employer in the state. Um, They have a lot of buying power in terms of their supply chain. They're the largest investor on the West side in a lot of cases. And so when we thought about the best way to leverage their power and standing on on the West Side in terms of helping communities in their backyard. It was through the leveraging of anchor mission strategies like the ones I mentioned to address the life expectancy gap. The work is really rooted around decreasing the life expectancy gap, which is currently 14 years between Chicago's Loop and Tim West Side communities. So if you take the blue line, green line, Madison bus, Jackson bus, from downtown the loop and go west, 
you'll pass through our targeted communities that start at the near west side, that go as far north as Humboldt Park, as far northwest as Belmont Cragen, as far west as Austin, and as far south as Pilsen and Little Village. And we capture the areas in between. And so I mentioned Anchor Mission first because a lot of times when people hear about this life expectancy gap, the assumption is that it's all about access to care. And that is a factor when we think about how we address the social determinants of health, but it really is also connected to the economic vitality of West Side residents. And that is due to what we call out in terms of structural racism and historical disinvestment in these areas as well. So Westside United is about hospitals coming together to work together, to set collective targets for the first time in the history of these organizations that have historically been competitors. And another key component of our work is the voice of community which drives our work as well. So it's not just these health institutions making decisions, coming into community with prescriptive models on how people should address these disparities. It's about giving community voice. So the way our governing structure is set up is that we have the hospital leadership along with hospital partners, including other nonprofit organizations, as you mentioned, people from the business community, but most importantly, our communities. So we have six representatives from the communities. We also have a community advisory council. And in our inception, we wanted to make sure we talked to community to frame this work on the onset. So our strategies have been built from the ground with community voice and just very happy to um, work within a, a model framework and organization that really honors community voice in the same way that it does the input of hospital leaderships and, and others. Perfect. So Aisha, what does health equity mean to you? Health equity to me um, really means, it means a few things. One is really rooted in bridging those gaps, those core gaps that are related to care. So when we think about the life expectancy gap, there are five key drivers that aid to it that range from cardiometabolic disease. So those are conditions that are linked to um, heart disease, hypertension, diabetes, cancer is also a, cause, a leading cause, homicide, which people typically think is at the top. Um, opioid overdose is also included in that. And so when we think about the ailments that are running rampant in communities like I grew up in, like East Garfield Park, which currently has the lowest life expectancy, when you think about the residents there and what they face in terms of access to fresh food, and you think about conditions like hypertension, heart disease, diabetes, mm -hmm. paired with other things, you know, it really is about equity and making sure that there's access for people to connect and have just basic resources. When I think about health equity, I also think about uh, my grandmother who passed away from cancer after being diagnosed with it two weeks earlier. Um, and I think about, you know, if she had had a community health worker in her church where she spent six out of seven days of the week, um, if she had had 
better access to healthcare in our community via a local FQHC, you know, those types of things would have made a difference, I think, in her lifespan, as well as access to fresh fruits and vegetables via our, our neighborhood grocery stores. So when I think about health equity, there are so many lenses, um, you know, to look through, but it's really about giving people access um, to the social drivers, you know, that are combined because you can put a health clinic on every corner, but if you're not dealing with people's ability to earn a livable wage, their ability to afford where they stay, their ability to have access to equitable education, their ability to have access to fresh, affordable foods, it all comes together in terms of health equity, in my opinion. Sure, critically important to understand for each community the balance between access and needs. You know, just yes. not making it equal, but really applying the equity strategy. That's true. So Westside United has found some momentum in the marketplace. How are you reaching out to further build alliances? Sure, so for Westside United, again, our start was really about the intentionality of healthcare institutions coming around a table to say, we can do better and we can do better together. We can do better by sharing our hiring data and setting collective targets. We can do better by sharing our procurement and supply chain management data and setting collective targets to help Westside businesses. So it was really a, an internal shift across these systems to work together to serve the West Side. In terms of building alliances, we are looking to other industries to do the same and they have joined us. So in our social impact investing work, we're working with entities like Northern Trust for our small business grant pool. We are funded through JP Morgan Chase and other corporations like Molson Coors um, who are coming around the table to say, we want to also help in this support around bridging this life expectancy gap, around being intentional about health equity and racial equity. So we build alliances by extending the table to other industries, to people across our communities who really see the added value in working together toward our goal of decreasing the life expectancy gap. So it's about finding those partners of like mission um, and just constantly um, working to grow our table so that we can serve our communities. Because our goal is about decreasing this life expectancy gap by 50% by 2030. We're already in 2021. And when we talk to our community members, they want it to happen sooner or they wanna know what happens beyond 2030. And so if we're really gonna work towards that goal and achieve that goal, it really takes an all hands on deck approach across industry, um, et cetera. Westside United's mission is pretty broad, right? You're, we're looking at addressing the social determinants of health. So you're looking at community infrastructure, you're looking at access to healthy foods, you're looking to employment opportunities and career advancement. Um, you know, so you have an array of things that you are at, attempting to address as a broad community. One of the things that made Equal Hope successful early on, now we've been in, around for 12 years, was our incredible focus on breast cancer diagnosis and treatment. Like we were very focused on this particular disparity and were able to drive change, significant change in mortality rates for African-American women on the South and West sides. How has the breadth of your mission been an asset 
to Westside United? And then conversely, the follow question is, how has it been a liability? Sure. So I would say that COVID-19 provided a great stress test for our model of leveraging data, the public health sector, of leveraging healthcare institutions and their capabilities and communities to come together un under one roof to really answer our question about how we decrease this life expectancy gap by 50% by 2030. So we got invited by the mayor at the onset of COVID given the high mortality rate in African-American communities um, to come together to share our model for a citywide mitigation of COVID-19. And so in doing that, we were able to roll up our sleeves. We got a call on Sunday night and by Friday, we had stood up an initiative that included public health officials from across the city. That included not only our, our West Side focused institutions, or committed institutions for Westside United, but we brought in UFC, an advocate. And then of course, we brought in the communities that, was hard, that were hardest hit to build a community response team. So because we had went through the motions of building Westside United two years prior, we were able to come to that table with urgency and get that off the ground quickly. So that was a great asset and is a great asset um, as we continue that work with COVID response through the mayor's racial equity rapid response team. When we think about in terms of liability or challenges, it is just our, we try very hard, although you've laid out our various focuses not to boil the ocean. Right, and right. even in our four pillars of education, neighborhood and physical environment, economic vitality and health and healthcare to be very focused there. So for instance, we know that there are five key drivers in life expectancy, but we chose hypertension management and maternal child health as our focuses. Um, we're very intentional about what anchor mission strategies we're focusing on in terms of local hiring, procurement, social impact investing and small business support. In terms of neighborhood, it is the food uh, focus. Mm -hmm. And in terms of education, it's looking at internships within our health systems and our cluster of care hub. Whoa, that's a lot. Um, <laughs> so, indeed. you know, it's just that um, road to 2030, you know, and that goal of 50% with everything that we have that we want to really work at and activate to allow us to start moving toward that um, is a little daunting, but we do believe that it's attainable um, given the commitments that we have from healthcare systems and our community partners. But if we were just focusing on hypertension or maternal child health, or if we had that concrete focus, that equal hope started with 10 years before we launched, I imagine things would move a little bit quicker. Yeah, interesting. One of the questions we wanted to ask you was how's the current context sort of changed or focused your work? And so that was a really good response to a question we didn't even ask. <laughs> we were thinking of asking. Um, how about uh, personal stories? Um, it, you, you shared the story of your, of your mother. Um, uh, you have any other stories that you would like to get out there to share that might be meaningful for our audience? Sure. And so that was actually my grandmother um, okay. who... Uh, passed away from cervical cancer at, uh, she was almost 67. And when we look at the life expectancy right. today, right. it's around that number. Um, so for me, 
you know, just having a lived experience on the West Side, growing up in East Garfield Park, um, and being able to do this work as executive director for West Side United is just very meaningful to me. Um, I've also lived in the North Lawndale community, got a world-class education there at Crown Community Academy for the Arts in the 80s and 90s when I attended. Um, my family migrated from Mississippi on my mother's side to the North Lawndale community in the mid 1960s. And so there's just a lot of personal history on the West Side. And growing up as a child, these disparities were still there, but I thought they were the norm. Yeah. You know, I thought it was odd, but just the, the way it was not to have a grocery store in our community or the high rates of violence that we had. You know, I have a younger brother who lost 25 friends to gun violence over oh. a 10 year period. Oh. Insane. That's crazy. You know, but we became desensitized to it and that just became a part of life growing up in that particular in East Garfield Park in the late um, 80s, mid 90s. Um, and so having an initiative like Westside United, where you have healthcare institutions, government entities, nonprofit organizations saying we care, we want to give back, in addition to the soldiers that have always been on the ground doing yeah. the work may not have had the best uh, funding um, opportunities, but still there. This is like a full circle moment for me. Yeah. So I take the work very seriously and I'm just honored uh, to be here thinking about 2030 and beyond for correcting some of these historical wrongs okay. um, that have been related to a myriad of reasons. So for me as a West Sider born and raised, it's just personal, you know, because yeah. of that in a lot of ways. I, I hear that and that's that's wonderful. So Aisha, my my wheelhouse is within the world of cancer. That's what I primarily practice, um, and in particular breast cancer. So, you know, COVID brought to the national conversation health disparities and health inequity in a way that everyone could relate to. It almost became palpable and a part of the fabric of the conversation we had. Um, in 2020. But it also allowed an opportunity for the nation's eyes to open to other areas of gross disparities. And many organizations are now prioritizing health equity as their focus. One example is cancer or oncology outcomes. So there's a national push to increase minority and underserved representation on clinical trials. How do we engage our community when historically we were victims of unethical conduct? How do we mobilize African-Americans um, in, a, in a way where we perceive it to be not just standard of care, but state-of-the-art care, better access that may translate into better outcomes? Sure. I think that the first thing that we have to do is repair and heal um, the trust, the mistrust that has been in place, rightfully so, given what you just said, given um, other examples. And so I think we have to have the right ambassadors going into our communities um, to be able to validate the support services and things that are available um, for people to, to access with comfort and freely. Um, and so that's a complex thing um, that's very necessary. I mean, when you think about the vaccination conversation and apprehension around that and there 
other examples of hesitancy. Um, you know, we have to think about who the trusted messengers are. We have to think about, you know, what we're providing, that it's going to follow through, that it's going to deliver, that it's not going to overpromise, underdeliver, or just make people feel like it's the same old thing. Um, you know, because there's a lot of fatigue in communities too, in terms of new initiatives and things. And even with Westside United, we're constantly building trust, constantly having to deliver. And so I think that's a fundamental principle in getting buy-in, getting access so that people, one, have access to the state-of-the-art things that are there. And then if they're not, um, the ability to demand that and see it through um, in a way that there are relationships built where there's accountability and trust um, on both sides. So I don't know if there's a, a model or magic pill to make that happen, but there are strategies and ways to begin those conversations, um, to begin the work as we did with Westside United. The work started with the epiphany of the healthcare institutions saying, oh, we got it wrong, how do we fix it? And there being an intentionality there but the hardest work was going out into the community to say, you know, this is what we know to be true. What resonates with you? What do you think? You know, how do we reach you? How do we bring you in? And some of the things we heard was, you know, nothing for us without us. Make sure we're a part of the process. Don't talk at us. Um, don't research us. You know, just how do we break down some of the stigmas and things that are there? And it was through those listening tours um, which, you know, we did about 21 with over 500 residents um, to drill down on four key things. Out of that, we heard that people want what everybody wants, safe neighborhoods, equitable access to care, meaningful things for young people to do, including equitable education and jobs. Um, so I think when we're talking about in terms of you know, gaining trust, getting access in terms of cancer treatment disparities across the board. Um, it's really around that conversation. But to your point, yes, it's blown out of the water. It's a buzzword now. People's ears are perking up. They want to do more in health equity and in the racial equity space. But now it's like, how do you get community there? How do you build that trust? How do you get sustainable relationships in place so that everybody benefits? Well, here, I, I've got a loaded question for you, Aisha. How does Equal Hope and Westside United strengthen our partnership? Let's, let's yes. keep working on this because we've got things to do together. We do. We certainly do. We definitely do. As you said, you're the predecessor um, to this model in terms of getting healthcare, getting stakeholders together in response to data that we know to be true. And as um, Dr. Is it Washington? Pat? Robinson. Robinson, sorry. D Dr. Robinson mentioned um, just in terms of, um, you know, the disparity and the lack of trust. We, we can learn a lot from each other. We can learn a lot from you around just sustainability and what you've done to garner the supportive community for your model and vice versa. We can share any best practices to come together like the Avengers right. um, to really bring about this this change that we need to see in terms of disparities in, in co communities of color. So the first step is 
to continue. I know we've invited Equal Hope to some of our maternal child health working groups. We would love to dig in more and just think about where there's synergy or not so that we are moving together on a united front, not reinventing the wheel, duplicating services where applicable, et cetera. Awesome. Well, you know, my, my hope and prayer was that we could meaningfully fulfill 15 minutes. I think we're pushing close to a half hour. Now, so oh, we did that. Okay. We did that. <laughs> Great. Yay. And That's how good conversations go. Absolutely. Yes. This is our maiden voyage. And so thank you so much, Aisha. It's been a pleasure. I've appreciated our interaction, although it's only been somewhat limited, but I know that in the future it will be greater. Um, we respect uh, everything you and your, your colleagues and partners are doing in the marketplace. And we look forward to partnering with you as we move forward. 2030 will look better than 2021 does. Certainly, side by side for sure. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, have a wonderful day. You too, bye. bye now.